Well, good morning, Identity Church. I hope y'all have had a blessed week. I know that I have. This has been um, this has been a great week. You know, the the Lord really has put it on my heart this past week to think about how good this last year was. You know, we we tend to think about how bad this last year was because of COVID and everything else, but you know. I've gotten to see my family more. I've gotten to transition into becoming pastor of Identity Church. I mean, I've seen some pretty awesome things that have happened in people's lives. You know, we tend to, you know, we were seeing the goodness of God and, you know, we tend to take our eyes off of that, off of God's goodness. And one of the problems that we have is the fact that when we actually take our eyes off of something, we forget our calling, we forget our purpose, we forget who we are in Christ Jesus. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. The more I think about myself, the more I get my eyes off Jesus, the more I forget my purpose, I forget my calling, I forget that I have hope. You know, the more that we do that, the more selfishness that comes in, the more that we stop loving ourselves, that we stop allowing God to love us, and then we quit loving others. And you know, so the Lord's had it on my heart this week because I wanted to, I wanted to kind of continue with where we were are talking about the last two weeks was, you know, the there where you're called. And we talked about Elijah and we talked about, excuse me, we talked about Joseph and talked about John and about how God called them to places where they were going to, how they were handling their families, how, I mean, John was handling his own, was handling Jesus's family. I mean, John himself actually took on Mary as his own mother. So, I mean, if you think about this, you know, a lot of times people think, well, God, when God calls me to something, it's going to be spectacular. Well, you know what? That's true. But sometimes that spectacular is, you know, I've got two kids and a wife that I need to take care of, that I need to put and minister the gospel into them, that I need to go and put and minister the gospel into the people in my work. That's spectacular. It's awesome. But we think, oh, God's going to make me Billy Graham. And I'm going to go and have like the Explode 71 where, you, you know, he spent eight weeks in, in Los Angeles and he preached to everybody. Some people, that would be very scary. Some people, they're believing for that, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. The more that I see God's goodness, the more I see what he is doing, he wants you to affect your world. See, we'll, we, we get so enamored with news, especially world news. Because the world news tells us about things that are on the other side of the world. You know, Seattle and Portland, Oregon, all those places, I've never been there. I'm not planning on going. That's not my world. I can't go fix Portland, Oregon. But you know what? I can fix Alabaster, Alabama. I can fix Birmingham. I can be an influence in my family. I can be an influence into the things that God is calling me to do where I'm at. And so 
This, this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the calling according to his purpose, where you are called or what you're called versus being called. See, a lot of times we, we tend to think, well, God is calling me to go do something. But really, he's calling you something. Have you ever called somebody a name? Have you ever labeled somebody? There's a reason why I'm in high school my nickname was Big D. It was not because of anything other than I was a big old dude. Mm. Right? I got labeled Big D. They didn't call me Dusty. Sometimes the coaches would call me Cornelius or whatever. But at the end of the day, somebody took a label. I'm six foot four. I weighed 300 pounds. Somebody said, huh, if I put big and just take the rest of Usty off of it, that makes Big D. Well, there's probably people who have called, I mean, I knew people that we called him Dingling. You know why we called this guy Dingling? Because he was a Dingling. I mean, this guy's, this guy's mind was no more, uh, you know, put together than, I mean, Joe Biden is right now. I mean, it is pretty bad. This guy is, it was just, I'm talking about, he would say, he would want to say one thing and he would say another. That's what Dingling did. And so the coaches actually started it. They'd be like, quit being a Dingling. People would be like, no, he's always a Dingling. Do you know that so much so that it actually made him worse? Do you know the more you put into people, good or bad, the more that it can influence them to be more of the thing. He would start doing crazy stuff just to expound on his dinglingness. I mean, I still remember him doing stuff that I thought to myself, he'd have never done that a year ago. See, we tend to take, for an example, we'll sit there and say, okay, you know, I know, I know that, I know that I'm a smart guy. But what if somebody kept coming up to you every single day and going, "You're not smart." What if somebody came and just said, "You know what? You have a learning disability, and you're never going to be able to do certain things." Well, I believe I'm smart. Well, you know what? Your grades aren't good enough. You're never going to go to college. Don't worry about going to college. Don't do that. And you might say, well, that's awful. That's horrible. Well, that was my life. I literally did not graduate high school primarily because there was people going, yeah, you got, you got learning disabilities. We're just going to have to work around those learning disabilities. Well, after I got a hold of some things, that changed my life completely. And I'm kind of jumping ahead. I, I don't want to, but I... I feel like that I need to front load this with the perspective that the way we see ourselves matters. And if we don't see ourselves a certain way, then we're going to follow a way that somebody labels us. We're going to follow a way where people are going to try to conform us into some things. And so we're going to get to the, our main scripture today, which is Romans 8, 28. Now, most people love this scripture. You know, 
God always works out all those things that are good for me. Golly, God is just going to work it all out for me. Well, guess what? There's more that's to that scripture. It actually says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Wow. Most people chop it off right there where it says, you know, work together for good to those who love God. Well, most people that believe in this scripture are going to say, well, I love God. I mean, most people who are reading this scripture is going to love God. Okay? I don't know of too many atheists that are walking around going, Romans 8, 28, I'm claiming it in my life. But see, they forget the second half of it. They forget the half of it where it talks about being called according to his purpose. And then we find out in Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Who is the firstborn among many brethren? Jesus. Jesus was the mold. Jesus was the template that we are to be conformed to. See, what we have to understand is that Jesus set a precedent for our life. Jesus was God in the flesh. So he wanted to bring that to man. See, we have to understand that in order to be a son of God, we just can't be who we were. We have to be like Jesus, which was part God, part man. He may say, I remember Heather used to tell me all the time, I would say, I'm one third God on the inside of me. And Heather said that used to just make her go, don't say that out loud. Don't say that because it sounds, sounds like you're saying you're God on the inside of you. Yes, I am. Guess what? God completely came in and remade me a new creature in Christ Jesus on the inside of me the moment that I was saved. I became God in my flesh. There's a, there's a, a point in religion that tells you, well, you, you'll never be like God. No, if we're not like God, you ain't saved. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you don't accept Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit come in and completely remake you, then you don't have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And if you don't have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you are still unsaved. You know what? That's an identity problem. In the church, we have created an identity problem where we have separated God away from the Christians and we've said, you are still a sinner. You know, it makes me mad. It makes me mad because what happens is, is that we, we completely and totally separate who God is trying to conform us to. Do you know that Jesus Christ didn't need to come to this earth if, he didn't want, if, we, didn't, if we didn't need him to? We could have just kept going along. God could have gave us more laws if that's what was going to save us. But no, we were being conformed into his image. See, this word conformed here, it means that we are jointly formed, fashioned like unto 
That means that God Himself is putting us in this Jesus mold. You ever seen a jello mold? I've never seen one that looked like Jesus, but that's what we're being fit into. I actually think God's trying to trim off some of me so that He can get me into the mold. Okay? Because I, I just got too much flesh sometimes to be conformed into Jesus. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, how many people here have too much flesh sometimes that you feel like you're not being conformed into Jesus? Everybody should raise your hand because the flesh is out there and it's trying to stop us from being conformed into Jesus. And part of that is how we label ourselves. Part of that is how we see ourselves. Do you know that this predestined was to limit and advance? God limited himself in advance to say, I am going to make them sons and daughters. Do you know how awesome that is? God said, I wasn't going to leave you or forsake you. I was going to bring my own piece of me and put put it on the earth, Jesus. And I was going to make every man, I was going to give every man the opportunity. I was going to limit myself so that I, I couldn't, Keep the ones out of, over here that were Asian or black or white or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. This is for all men, all women, all the time. God is not a respecter of persons. See, God said, I'll form anybody into Jesus. I will make them to where I see them as my son. So we're being formed into Jesus every single day. Well, how does this happen? How do we get ourselves to a point to where we can see ourselves that way? Well, there's a couple of things that we need to understand. We need to understand what is in a name. We need to understand what is in the name of Jesus. We need to understand why God called certain people. Because there's several times in the Bible, actually multiple times in the Bible, where God went and changed people's names. There was times in the Bible where angels came down and said, no, you're not going to name this person Zachariah. You're going to name him John. So much so that somebody had to get their mouth shut. That we find out here in Luke chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, but an angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Zacharias means... Jehovah remembers. Zacharias is just Zechariah, just like the prophet. So, so basically, when they named Zechariah, Zechariah every single day had this, had this name that basically when somebody walked up, see, we think Zacharias is a word that is just a name. But it would be the exact same thing as, as somebody coming up, like if Charlie's name was was this, if I said, hey, God, God that remembers, how are you doing today? See, that's what happened every single time somebody walked up to Zechariah because that's what it meant. They would actually use the term Zechariah if they said, well, you know, God remembers. They would just go Zechariah. See, Zechariah was the term that meant that. See, we seem, we have, you've heard the, our Christian names. Do you know the reason why all these other cultures have, you know, Zimbabwe, Wagaligabo, Suga, Booga, Booga, Guga? 
Well, in their, in their language, it means something about who they are, where they're from, how they acted. There's actually some cultures that wait a year to see how somebody, how somebody does. It's one of the reasons why in the Native American cultures, they would wait a year and then the, the actual chief would, and, and the, the shaman would get together and go, well, that person acts like a wolf. So they would call them dances with wolves. I don't know. I mean, you know, but it would be, they would wait and they would say, this is who they are. They act like this. They talk like this. They, they react like this. This is who they are. So they would go, besides having a name, it would be dances with wolves. How are you doing today? See, this is what we have to understand is that in other cultures, they understand these things. They understand how to, to look at what, how to label people's identity. We don't. We give somebody a Christian name because we like it. I mean, how many, how many of y'all have opened? I mean, I know we did. We went through the Christian books. We were looking for, well, what does Caleb mean? What does Caleb mean? Do you know that those were just things that really at the end of the day we were trying to figure out, is that something I want to call them the rest of my life? I mean, that's really at the end of the day. I mean, I think I was named after a TV show where there was a, a, a cook named Dusty on the TV show that like gave some advice and mom was sick and you know it touched her one day so she said I'm going to I'm going to make I'm going to call Dusty Dusty It's kind of weird when I was a kid I was like I don't want anybody to know about that but now I'm okay with it I mean because you know what it was something that meant something to my mom it it meant something to her now that is some way that she's identifying me. You see, this is what I want you to understand is that Zechariah did not want to call John, John. So the angel shut his mouth. But it says right here, it says, for your prayers is heard and your wife, Elizabeth. Elizabeth's name basically means my God has sworn will bear you a son and shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. I want you to understand that the names of God and where, where I'm going to show y'all the, the nine names of God. But, and everybody knows it. I remember Pastor Jim used to have it on his wall and he would actually talk about them all the time. But there were more names than just the ones that were like, you know, Jehovah Sinkanut and Jehovah Rapha and all those there was, this is the names of God. John actually means Jehovah is gracious giver. See, Jesus was a name of God. In fact, we find out just a few verses down from here in, in Luke chapter one, because John was, you know, um, John was conceived by, you know, by uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Well, then Mary actually had a, uh, a conception through the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 1.31, it says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Now, 
Jehovah is salvation is just another name for God. Just like Jehovah Sinkanut. Just like any of these others that, that you've heard in the past. See, but there was also Joshua. He led Israel. He was the salvation of Israel back after Moses. He took over for Moses. See, what we have to understand is, is that God labels people and says, this is what I've called you. This is how I've called you. This is where I've called you. This is what I want you to understand about yourself. Now, I will tell you this, and just a little bit of backstory here. If you kept reading on here about uh, Luke 1, 60, 61, um, you know, Zachariah's mouth was shut up. But what happened was, is that all the family and friends after Elizabeth had had John, they were going to go take him to the high priest. They had him circumcised. They said, what is his name? Because they would bless the name. The priest would. And, and all these people, you know, Elizabeth said, oh, his name's going to be John. And all the family members went, no, there's nobody in the family named John. There's no friends of yours that's named John. You, you should name him Zacharias, just like his father. See, so I want you to understand that even though this was a part of their culture, they had lost it, just like we've lost it. See, they no longer believed that your name meant something, that your calling meant something, that the things that God was trying to put in your life meant something. It was just all, let's just keep the name going. Let's have Zachariah Jr. And that's what we should do. And you know what? At that moment, Zachariah's mouth opened up and he said, no, his name's John. And everybody was astounded, marveled. But you know what? This was, this was the precursor to Jesus. John was the one that was going around saying, hey, God's a gracious giver. Every time somebody heard the name John, it would be, oh, that's the gracious, Jehovah's a gracious giver. His name meant something to God. Now, Here's all of the, the other names that you have here. But I want you to see something here that, that you have Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide my sacrifice. You have Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. And it's got some scriptures, Genesis 22, 13. Uh, I, I make this available if anybody wants to see this. But you have Jehovah Shammah, which is the Lord is present. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord our righteousness. See, all of these names of God was utilized in the Bible to show people things. It was to paint a picture of who God was. When somebody, when somebody saw one of these, they said, oh, that's Jehovah my provider. It wasn't a name. It wasn't a, you know, John wasn't just the gracious, you know, he wasn't just John. It was Jehovah, the gracious giver. Jesus was Jehovah, our salvation. It was another name of God. 
And see, we have to understand that God actually in our mother's womb, before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us and he wrote our, our name. And we think that he wrote Dusty. Now that was given because mom saw some, some you know, cowhand cook on a, on a TV show when she was sick. But see, God wrote something on my heart before I was even born. See, our, something, something God always does is that in each and every one of us, He says, these are the calls, these are the gifts, these are the things that I'm going to put in your heart. And these are the things God calls you. See, I want you to understand that God's calling us every single day and showing us pieces of ourselves, pieces of who we are in Him. You know, there was a couple of other significant names that I want to show you because we had talked about this a minute ago. Some names where people, God altered their name. Like Abraham. You can go back and find it in Genesis where Abram was, was exalted father. Okay? Well, at this time, he had a kid. I mean, so before then, it was kind of weird. But, you know, he actually had Ishmael by this point. But God said, no, 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 you're not just going to be a father to Ishmael. He said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So he changed his name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude or chief of a multitude. So God had to change the way Abram saw himself. When people would walk up to him and he would go, oh, exalted father is what they would say to him. And he would go, no, no, my new name is Abraham. I'm, I'm the father of many nations. And people would look around and go, you only got one kid. You only got one kid. And you go, yeah, but that's my, that's my name now. So every single time somebody walked up to him and said, hello, father of many nations. That ch started changing the way he saw himself. It started changing the way other people saw him. This is the reason why God makes this so prevalent in his teachings is that he wants us to change the way we see ourselves and he wants to change the way people see us as well. So we see that Jacob, Jacob, Jacob means hill holder, supplanter. Supplanter just means a deceiver. How would you like to be named, hey, deceiver? I mean, every single day you get up and it's like, well, you just deceived. Well, guess what? He lived out his whole name. He tricked his brother into the birthright. He tricked his, his father into to blessing him with the, family, with the family blessing. He made his own, he made his name. He followed his name. His name actually is the way he lived his own life. And if we remember correctly in the word, it says the, the angel of the Lord, which was the pre-incarnate Jesus, came down and kicked his butt for three days. And at the end of that, guess what happened? He held on to, to the Lord and he said, I want you to bless me. I'm not going to let you go. Do you know that our faith, that our belief system, when it starts to change towards God, we grab a hold of God? We don't even have to grab a hold anymore. He's on the inside of us. But Jacob had to. He had to grab a hold. He had to hold on to his blessing. He had to say, yes, 
I want to be something other than the deceiver. Bless me, Lord. And so he changed his name to Israel, which means God prevails. So if you think about this, Jacob actually was a deceiver, lived his life like a deceiver, had a deceptive spirit, and then God changed him into a mighty nation. Do you know that do you know that God no longer just said, hey, you know, he could have just kept him Jacob, said, well, you'll be the deceiver. And now the whole nation of Israel won't, won't be named, they'll be Jacobites, which means the deceivers. How would that go across? I mean, think about that. In order for Jacob to be blessed and God to be blessed and for Jesus to come through the line, he had to change him to God prevails. Do you know why Israel came about? The nation was for Jesus, the line of Jesus to be able to come through. Do you know why that had to happen? Because there was no other set of people out there that God could trust for his own line to go through. Abraham was the only one that when God looked at his heart, he said, yeah, he'll teach my kids. And you know what? That happened. For almost 2,000 years before Jesus came across, we see that, that God, nation, prevailed. And that was what Israel was. You know, I, like, I, I found this, the little baby. You named me what? <laughs> I mean, I, I will tell you this. There's a lot of people being named lots of stuff nowadays. But at the end of the day, I mean, I actually worked with a guy. We were sitting there one day, and his name was Jacob. And I said, do you know what Jacob means? And he goes, no. I said, biblically, do you know what it means? And he goes, no. And I said, it means deceiver. And he goes, huh, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, I look at it, and I say, you know, we, we find these names, and we think, oh, my Christian name is Dustin. But, you know, somebody actually, I think it was uh, Loretta uh, Swatzel that gave me a little, it was a bookmark that said Dustin, and it said Valiant Fighter, I think was the, the name. Yeah, I looked it up at one time. Uh, well, she, she gave me this. It came from some bookstore. I don't know. It probably doesn't mean that. But my whole thing was, is I looked at it and I said, I always thought of Dustin as just the dude that was from Alabama. I mean, you know, it made me start to think, is there really something more than me just being me? Because most people, all they can see is who they've always seen in the mirror. They never see beyond that. We've been told all kinds of stuff. Well, you've lied. You've cheated. You stole well, eventually that becomes a part of who we are the more we hear it. So I'm going to take this to Simon and Saul. You know, these are two other people that, that God changed their, their name. Brave warrior. Huh? Brave warrior. Dustin means brave warrior. <laughs> I, I'm, you I did know. look it up before I gave it to you. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that I just wasn't a, you know, a short... Um, mm -hmm cook on some, you know, you Western TV little, show. You know, little short guy. You, you ever... She, your name changed. 
my name changed. Well, I'm just glad you didn't name me Festus or something like that. You know, what was that gun smoke or whatever? And he was the little cook. It's like, hey, man, what are you doing? I mean, that, that would have probably been the thing. I'd have been like, mom, we're changing my name now. Festus. I don't want to be Festus. That sounds like a bull on somebody's yes. butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I switched the name around. You had Scott Matthew, and I named him Matthew Scott. Just think Matthew about, means gift of God. That's right. That's right. Just think about how much greater he could have been if his name was Scott Matthew. <laughs> Just think about that. Because I would have named him that. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can't get any better than, than what you already have. I agree with that. Well, so I, I want to show you something because you know. One of them, God actually changed his name. The other, he ended up changing his own name. Because I can't find in the Bible where God called Saul Paul. Everybody talks about that, but I really can't find where Jesus said, well, now your name is Paul. Well, it's not. He was Saul as a Hebrew, and he was Paul as the rest of the world. And it's the reason is is because Paul is actually not a Hebrew name. It's yes. actually a Roman name, isn't it? It's a Roman name. It's from the Latin. The other day. He Abs- went by his Roman name. He went by his Roman name. Absolutely. But he was two different people in two different places. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But I'm going to start with uh, Simon Peter here. Matthew 16, 16 through 18. It says, Simon Peter, after he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answering him said, Bless are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar means son. So it was son of Jonah. Jonah means dove. So take that for what it's worth. But for the flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. In verse 18 it says, And also say to you that you are Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So Simon was just a past tense of here. means he heard something. In fact, Simon was actually, um, he was one of the the sons of, um, oh, I'm trying to think of in the Old Testament. Huh? No, it was John. Well, so, so. Uh, Zebedee was was John the Baptist, uh, John uh, the Beloved uh, dad. But I'm talking about in the Old Testament, it started in, um, it'll come to me in a minute. I studied it last night. But it was um, essentially, it was like, um, I think it was like Isaac's like fourth son. It was named Simon. So they had a whole offshoot of Simonites that came, came out of, of them. So anyway, they are peop- he was the one that heard. Well, this kind of is the truth because when he heard Jesus say, hey, come here, I'll make you a fisher of men, Simon said, okay, I heard it. I'm going to go do something. But see, now he changed his name to Petros, which is a piece of a rock. So we actually see that on this rock, my church will be built. Well, that's Petra. It means a big rock, like a mountain. So what you have to understand here is that Jesus changed his name to say you're a stone, that you're a part of the foundation. 
Do you know that when back in those days they would take rocks and they would just have foundations built out of rocks, they would lay them. Well, because he was the first among many brethren to believe that, well, he was a building block stone in the church. Some people will say that he was some sort of like, you know, he was the first, you know, whatever. But all that didn't come about until 384 AD anyway. Um, you can go and find my, my teachings on that. But essentially, in 384 AD, the general church, the Catholic church was made. That wasn't happening then. Peter was long dead. In fact, Peter only helped create the church, and then he died within 15 years. So he didn't even rule the church for more than like 15 years. It had not even gotten like off the ground good before he was persecuted and that he was, that he was taken on. But see, what we have to understand is, is, that, is that God wanted to show him that you're going to be a building block. You're going to be a stone that this rock is going to lay on top of, that you're a foundational stone here. See, and then we have Saul and we have Paul. So if you turn over to Acts 13, 6 through 10, it says, Now when they had gone through the Isle of uh, Pappas, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. I want us to stop for a second because the Lord really opened this up to me like in the last two weeks. Okay, I used to just think this was just a normal name back then. No, this dude's name was actually, we find it here, his name was Elam. But what he did was he went and deceived everybody and changed his name to Son of Jesus. Now, this is several years later. So this Jewish sorcerer said, ah, I can go make some money if I say that I'm the offspring of Jesus Christ. And I'll do this magic. In fact, if you go back and start studying this out, you go and look at the Strongs, you start looking at everything. This guy's real name was Elam. And he was just from the Jewish race but he decided that he was going to take on Jesus's name and that he was going to say, hey, I'm the next offshoot of Jesus. I'm the next prophet that God has and I'm doing all these magical things and I'm going out into the, the greater world and I'm going to live off of this name. That's what it means here by the false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Because he said, hey, I'm the son of Jesus Christ. You know, when it says that there will be people who will come in my name, there'll be people who will say that the Messiah has come again. These are still happening to this day. We had the Branch Davidian guy, you know, David Koresh or whatever his name was. All these different people have said, oh, I'm Jesus. I'm the reincarnate. But see, this guy was going out there and he had gotten a hold of this dude that was the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, which, by the way, is the same name as Paul. And that, that name means little or small. But see, what we have to understand here is that, you know, people will try to associate themselves 
with what they think is going to make them, you know, great. Oh, if I identify with somebody, if I go change my name, if I change my identity, if I change my gender, if I change whatever it is, that's when I'm going to get it. And it says here um, that that Sergius Paulus, uh, he was an intelligent man. And this man called for Barabbas and, uh, and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Verse eight says, but Elamus, the sorcerer, same guy as Bar-Jesus. Um, in fact, you can go back and look up all the, if you go look up Bar-Jesus, it takes you straight over to Elamus. Because I used to think these were two different people. I actually thought there was one sorcerer that was named Bar-Jesus and one sorcerer. I actually heard somebody teach on this and I was, you know, you, you take on what you hear and you think, oh, okay, I understand that. Well, that guy was wrong and I was wrong too. But essentially, Elamus was the same sorcerer because it actually says here, for, for so his name is translated. So his real name was Elamus. That Elamus is a Jewish name. It's an actual Jewish name. Uh, but Elamus withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Paul, who was also called, or Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, looked intently at him. So he's looking at Elamus, bar Jesus here, and said, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? This is, this is why he looked at him and said these things is because you're basically saying you're Jesus, you're Jesus Christ's son. You're a liar. And I'm going to prove it to all these other people and I'm going to kick your butt out. See, that's what we have to understand is that the way we label ourselves is to try to usually get something from it. But when God labels us, he labels us something so that it gets us to where he wants us to be. See, Saul, Saul's name, just like King Saul, he was named just like King Saul. That, word, that name means desired, which is perfectly a, a great thing. I mean, because... Uh, Saul was a desired person. He was a really big guy. He was, you know, strong. Everybody saw Saul and said, oh, that's who our king should be. Well, the same thing with, with Saul, Paul. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Do you know that most Jews would have given, would have cut off their right foot to have been able to be a Pharisee? because they were the richest, they were the most famous, they were the people looked up to them. If a Pharisee started walking down, people parted and went and stood a certain amount of feet away from them because they were too holy to be around. These were the rock stars of the Jewish community. So Saul, sure enough, everybody desired to be Saul. But when he laid his life down for Jesus Christ and picked it up and went to the went to the outside world, outside of the Jews, went to the Roman world. He became Paul. He was small. He was little. It means that he was humbled. It means that he no longer was desired by the Jews. In fact, he was the outcast. He was the person that no one wanted. 
He even went, to, went outside the Jews and most people didn't want him there. Do you know that Paul had to humble himself and go to the Gentiles? And we actually see in Acts, especially around uh, chapter 20, Paul always wanted to go back and preach to the Jews. He never got away from it. He wanted to go back and be Saul that, that saved all of his Jewish nation. He thought he could do it. And God said, no, that's not who you are. You're Paul and you're supposed to go out here and you're supposed to do things to the greater world. That's what everyone kept saying. Don't go back to Jerusalem. Don't go back to Jerusalem. <laughs> you're going to die. Do you know angels, prophets, his friends, they all heard from the Holy Ghost. And Paul said, yeah, God told me to do this, but I, I don't care if I live or die. I'm going to go and do this. I mean, thumbed his nose into the call. But see, what is in a name? You know, what is in a name is, you know, what is in a name is greater than, um, than just being called Dustin or Jenny or Heather or Carol or Jack, Caleb, Charlie, Matt, Amy. All of these names are good names. That's how we know each other. But you know what? God has started writing names on me and you. And it's things like Christian, people who have relationship with Jesus. It's things like ministry. Do you know that the people who call you, the people who reach out to you, the ones that you comfort and console, that's your ministry. You know, you get to write their name on your heart as well. Dad and mom, you know, I've done some studies on this. You know, fathers in part, but mothers are the ground. Mothers are the places where people are planted. That we see that fathers, you know, same thing as the reproductive system. The mother has the egg, the father has the sperm. Well, fathers are usually the ones that toughen you up and the mothers are the ones that say, okay, let's go and fix your cuts, you know? Let's, let's get you grounded because dad just took you through the woods and beat you, know, beat you up and down. Do you know that a lot of times I see in life that you need both sides. You need that impartation of, okay, we're going to go do this and it's going to hurt, but it's going to be fun too. You know, mothers are going, okay, you got hurt. Come over here. I'm going to, you know, your dad's a bad guy. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I mean... <laughs> But most of the time... So your dad says, go play football. Go, and your mother says, no. No, don't go do that. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing, is that fathers impart their lives only in the ways a father can. And mothers are the grounded ones that can only ground you in the way that you can be grounded. And you have to understand that there are times, and I, I hate to say this, but there are times where I have to ground my kids not like, hey, go to your room, but I have, to, I have to get them to a point. So I have to mother my own kids. You know, it's not just a, a gender thing from this perspective. I want you to know that, you know, when it comes to, sometimes I gotta have tough love. Sometimes I gotta have that love that says, okay, we're gonna comfort you here. Because tough love could be something like, 
you know, well, you didn't pass that test. Well, by golly, you got to try harder. Well, that may not work. But see, grounded, caring love will go, we'll get it next time. You know, this is, the, this is the true point that we all need to understand is that we all need to be led by the Holy Spirit as to how we minister and how our name that's written across our heart is used. You know, sons are the, the offspring in physical terms. But, you know, we all are sons or daughters, you know, but also being a son is kinship in the broader sense. You know, when somebody said in the Bible where it says that, you know, you're a, you're a son of Israel or you're a daughter of Israel, they were basically just saying, hey, you have a connection. You have a kinship to this. Do you know that you're a kin to Identity Church? Do you know you're a kin to the people who are, who are the Corneliuses and the Gullians? It's not just family. It's, I have a kinship to being an American. I have a kinship to being a Christian. We're the sons and daughters of those things. What I love about this is that daughters usually mean the inhabitants of the land when you go look it up. It means that as a daughter, the, the daughters of Israel, basically they were saying that, hey, this is where the people of Israel are coming from that it's not just the greater kinship, but it's these are the people that are grounded and founded. They're the next mothers. You know, friends are like a brother when you go look it up in the Bible. It means that we get, that we have that kinship, that, that likeness. You know, the, the phileo, if you will, like Philadelphia. So we are close like a brother when we have friendship. So I put this one down here. Dustin Cornelius can do all things through Christ. You know, back um, when I was 18 years old, I went to Victor Christian Fellowship. It was actually Farstow Christian Fellowship then. Uh, Pastor Jim the III was teaching on something I, I don't really know. Uh, I don't remember. But in the middle of it, he said, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Do you know that I don't remember what he taught? I remember what he said, though. He said that, and it went off like a, like a light on the inside of me. And I went from just being Dustin Cornelius, the, the person who didn't pass high school, that didn't get the, the college scholarship to play football, that didn't do all the things that I wanted to do in my flesh, do you know that that Dustin Cornelius was reduced down to, well, you could be a laborer, you could maybe go get a job being a, you know, an electrician, or you could go do something. There's nothing wrong with those. But I was being told what I could do, what I should do, and I was being told who I should be. And I was kind of just following it around. I remember my dad, you know, Jack, sitting over here, Worked for, I think you were working for like um, ConAgra at the time uh, when I was graduating. You know, I was so desperate. I said, hey, Dad, can I convert my truck into a, 
you know, some sort of like, uh, you remember this, a refrigerated truck? Because I, I was helping you out do stuff. And I thought to myself, well, at least I know somebody that's in the business, I can go do this. And dad said, I don't want you doing this. He was probably the smartest person I'd talked to. I mean, seriously, most people were like, you'll figure it out. Do you know that when I got a hold, when I can do all things through Christ Jesus was written on my heart, that was the moment, that day, I started going, Lord, I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to be in computers. You know, mom showed me a little thing when I was like five years old. We wrote down, uh, like, it was all these different things I said and did. It was like a memory book. What was the thing that I wrote in the memory book? You don't remember? Well, you showed it to me a few years ago, and it said computer engineer. You know, I have a computer engineering degree. I got past ADD and dyslexia as my identity. I got past the idea of somebody saying, you know, you could just go to work for ConAgra or, or Likes or Sunland or one of these other places, or, oh, you could go and be in construction. And I'm listening to all these things, and there's nothing wrong with any of them. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was what I was going to settle for. It was what I was, I was waiting for that big break. I was waiting for somebody to come tell me what to do. And God said, well, if you'll write this on your heart, I will change you. I will change you into something completely and totally different. How many people knew me back then? Am I completely and totally different than what I was back then? Yes. Absolutely. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthened me was my banner. It was written on my heart. Dustin Cornelius meant that. To this day, Dustin Cornelius means I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It is still my name. It is still my identity. It is still the way I see myself. Because before, I could do nothing. And I was going to get nothing. And I was going to have nothing. And I was just waiting for whatever was going to come along, the cards that were dealt me. Do you know that this is the thing? You could replace Dustin Cornelius here and you could put Charlie Gullion, put Jack Cornelius, you could put Caleb, you could put here... And then whatever comes out beside it, the identity. You know, that's what I want you guys to think about this week. What is the identity that is imprinted on your heart right now? And if it is less than something like this that God has put on your heart, then you need to ask the Lord, show me who I am in Christ Jesus. Show me who I am so I can rewrite across my heart what this means so that I can actually have God's identity on the inside of me. See, this is the truth, is that my name, Dustin, may be good fighter, valiant fighter, whatever it is, but you know what? This is what actually changed my life. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That means sometimes I gotta fight and sometimes I gotta stand. Sometimes I gotta go and sometimes I gotta stay. 
But before, I used to just follow everybody else around. Can you tell me what to do? Please tell me what to do. Can somebody show me what to do? You know what? God said, don't be led around by other people. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. So when Jesus tells you to do something, you follow it. Amen. Will you do that this week? Will you look at the things that God has put on your heart? Let's start changing our identity for those. Amen. Amen.